0: Welcome to the show today, guys. We have a uh, well-received guest back on the show today, Audrey Werner, the founder and president of the Matthew 18 Group. Audrey is a former sex educator and STD nurse. And has devoted her life to exposing where, quote-unquote, sex education and comprehensive sexuality education comes from and what the true intent behind that message is. She's an international speaker and author of a book called 10 Tips on How Not to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. And she explains the motivations and impact of Alfred Kinsey on today's sexuality education. We talked about Alfred Kinsey last time with her on the show, but I wanted to take a deeper dive into a lot of the secular moral revolutionaries that go back even to the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, who worked for decades in what's been called the long walk through the institutions to place ideas and people who advocate for those socialistic, we might say demonic ideas, uh, in these culturally formative institutions to upend society, to break down societal mores, and to repeal long, applied and supported Judeo-Christian worldview laws that protect the family and protect children and protect marriage and the long assault against the family against the culture, and against really the Imago Day itself. And I couldn't think of someone better than Audrey to come back on to explain a lot of the history of the quote-unquote culture war that Christians have for so long abdicated from and the consequences that our abdication has wrought on the American populace, American evangelicalism, Christianity in America, and the family. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode as we expose really even some of the demonic Nazi-esque fascinations that many of these cultural revolutionaries had in their assault and agenda against the family, against children, and against sexuality itself. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. If you were lecturing to a conference that I just put on right now of pro-life Christians, where would you start, Audrey? Where would you start in helping Christians and pro-lifers to understand where a lot of this began and and how it's threaded its way through our American republic to this point today?
1: Yeah, and uh, when I do uh, talk to Christian crowds, uh, one of my lectures is actually how pro-life are you? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. Because a lot of what we ha- have adopted in the church came from Sanger, came from Kinsey, and uh, we're not, re- we don't realize that. So it's been my honor to teach a course called "Restoring Biblical Purity in the Church" to pastors all over the world, and wow. it shifts their worldview uh, after they. Ta- I have four lectures, and one of them is how pro-life are you. And uh, the other lecture is revolutionaries don't just, uh, revolutions don't just occur, they take revolutionaries years of pre-planning, which is what you just talked about in your intro. Yep. So we have to go back to the fact that America is a Christian nation, uh, and we're not a Christian nation because we have more churches or because we have more Christians than any other religion, uh, right. but rather we're a Christian nation because our laws and our government were founded right. on the principle of the Old New Testament. So God's word, uh, law, is, means fixed in every language. So it's unchanging. It cannot be changed. However, uh, until a revolution occurred, a sexual revolution, which had yep. been planned years before the 60s. So right. you're talking about the American Law Institute and the Model Penal Code. Um, the Rockefellers and the uh, Carnegie's funded the uh, rising up of the American Law Institute. And in 1923, uh, they were founded with the intent of removing 52 Bible-based laws that once protected marriage, women, and children. Wow. And when we look at the fact that that everybody who's involved in the sexual revolution, as you've well said also, had the belief in humanism, communism, and eugenics.
0: Mm, that's right. And what, that's right. what
1: you're going to see throughout as our conversation goes further is uh I like what Ken Ham said in the movie the Mind polluters he said there's only two religions there's God and man's mm, and man's really goes back to Satan's so we have the demonic and then we have the biblical worldview and so the demonic is about eugenics it's about the culture of death uh, yeah. whereas the Christians it's about the culture of life and right. uh, you know my passion is to wake up the church to get back to the culture of life.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So yep. The,
1: the American Law Institute was founded in 1923, and
0: um, the um, who founded um, it? Uh,
1: well, it it was a group. Uh, I like. Uh, I was trained by Colonel Ron Ray, uh, former Assistant Secretary of Defense under Reagan, um, and he did a great book. It's called "Gays In or Out," uh, Department of Justice. Um, or Department of Defense, it was a report um, talking about uh, the the military readiness and was hmm. our, our, we secure if we allowed homosexuals to be in the military, to serve in the military. But he said there was a little group that met in a room. <laughs> and um, this was a group of wealthy elite uh, that had the idea of infiltrating every institution in America. And wow. so, so the uh, American Law Institute, wow had the intent, as I said, to um, legalize a lot of what had been illegal based on the Bible. So we went from, uh, there's really two standards of law. uh, When we look at the history of law in America, there is the um, Bible place or the common law in the sex, I'm talking about the sex offense section, um, that was the common law, it was the creational standard Um, We were one nation under God. Obviously, uh, family or marriage was defined as one man and woman. And you had children that came along the way. Uh, We had the sanctity, uh, just listen to this list. We had the sanctity of marriage. We had fidelity, purity, and monogamy. We had childhood modesty. We had premarital chastity. Sexual Mm. violations were punished. Uh, If you uh, had um, sex, outside of marriage, you could go to jail for that. Um, And if you had sex with a child, raped a child or a woman, uh, you were either put in prison and the key was thrown away or you were put to death, which was pretty... Uh, so back then, I mean, that wasn't too long ago. That that right. was like Wild. pre-1950, right? Yep. Um, and self-government was possible. We were not out of control. As a society, mm. wow. um, you know, we knew that self-government led to liberty. And so yep. that was why we had those laws in place. Yep. So um, then you go after 1948, after Kinsey's Sexual Behavior in the Human Male came out in 1948, they start to use that report to draft something called the Model Penal Code, and they were sanctioned by Kinsey's authority. Um, Now we have various human groupings, we have various genders and sexual orientation, we have open marriage, no-fault divorce, we have adultery and free love, we have adult child sex is now looked at as positive, Um, And then we have the sex laws, which are either weakened or eliminated. So um, when we look at it um, now, uh, you know, pedophiles or rapists are therapeutically managed and put back out on the street. So uh, pre-Kinsey physical intimacy. They're not not
0: pedophiles. They're minor attracted persons. Yes, minor
1: attracted persons. Yes. We just had a teacher here in Texas that was recorded teaching her students that in a high school. Yes, the, the
0: redefinition <laughs> of terms, right, to so, make it seem um, more socially acceptable.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have bestiality, uh, voyeurism, obscenity, abortion, seduction, crimes against infants, lewd behavior, um, contraception. These were all things that were illegal. Um, and it's interesting because living together was termed open and notorious cohabitation. You could serve prison time if you were found guilty because it was considered a threat to the family.
0: Wow. wow, isn't that fascinating because today <laughs> <huge> even <laughs> even even most much of the GOP, Audrey would say that yeah. if you know if you if you support laws, and of course I despise the GOP. I, I'm no hack. I mean gosh, that party needs total reform. We need yeah. a, a, the DeSantis to be the future of the, the GOP. But even yes. people of that party today, um, Audrey would say that you're some type of fundamentalist um, extremist if you wanted to, like, I don't know, pass laws that kind of protected marriage and that, like, no-fault divorce laws, that that was a bad thing. Right, that I, that that you're trying to you know, you're trying to create a theocracy where you impose your Christian worldview through policy onto the public square. It's like, well, you're imposing your religion of secular humanism through policy with religious fervor. It <laughs> says so, exactly. right. The question is not who's the yes. question is not if there will be a <laughs> dominant religion or morality. The question is whose. And yes. we have the right in our political communities in a republic where we the people are the sovereign to determine the kind of laws that we want on the books. So yes. It is a warring of interests because it is a culture war, and we, the people, are the sovereign. Um, But one. One idea is going to win out. One morality, quote-unquote, is going to win yes. out. Uh, yeah. And this idea of this neutrality or middle-wayism, right, as if as if we can just live together with these people, is so foolhardy and stupid, I don't know how to communicate with people anymore who say, like, don't be political, just preach the gospel. Tell people Jesus loves them. Meanwhile, you have a story coming out uh, right now. This was from a few years ago, but this woman just told her story, um, Audrey. A woman in California um, whose daughter was dealing with depression, okay, and then the school started, quote-unquote, counseling her, mentored her into transgenderism, started helping her transition, started referring to her by a boy name, didn't tell the mother, okay, then... Uh, the Los Angeles County uh, Health Department appealed to the courts arguing that the daughter's health and livelihood was in danger by her mother. Her mother was only able to see her once or twice a week, could not bring up religion or the fact that her daughter was actually a girl. And this, teenage, this went on for years, and this young woman killed herself recently at 19 years old. Um, you're telling me that, that, that we're going to live at peace with that? that, that we can let the politics be the politics and we right. just believe what we believe in our private family lives? How stupid it is. This, this girl killed herself and yeah. was mentored into cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers against her parents' knowledge or wish. That's politics. That's the public square. That's ideas. So you right. bet I'm a I, you bet I'm a quote unquote theocrat meaning that I want laws that reflect a Christian worldview to be reflected in policy and that makes me well it, it doesn't make me different in the sense that that's what the left is doing, but it does make me better because my ideas are better. Our ideas are better. Uh, and so anyways, these ideas have consequences because bad ideas have victims. Um, well, but um, continue Seth,
1: Well Seth and I would bring up the fact that the other side is saying that, That everything they're doing is based on the science right trust the science (laughs)
0: yeah
1: yeah. and what we're talking about here is behind Americans back I mean and obviously there's a lot that's been going on behind America's back and is being revealed lately of current events but let's go back in a time to America during the 30s the 40s the 50s and behind America's back we had legislators that were working with Kinsey Um, looking and using his science to reform American law, to take away or throw out biblical law, common law, and to put in this man-made Bible, you know, this man-made model penal code into the sex offense section. And they drafted the uh, model penal code. Uh, The first draft was was issued in 1955 and of 197 footnotes, Kinsey's the sole authority on normal human sexuality. So um, we shift from, you know, under the common law pre-1950, the principle of man as protector, and he was primarily responsible for his sexual actions. Unmarried sex with any woman was considered unprincipled. The only sexual contact in American law at that time, in the state penal codes, was the Marital Act. That was the only Mm. thing that was legal sex wise. And uh, now you look after 1950, and here's where uh, a couple of those quotes that I was talking to you earlier about today. In 1950, the group for the advancement of psychiatry, which they were, you know, they also advised the American Law Institute on drafting the mild penal code. And they proposed that a girl as young as seven was responsible for sexual behavior. And here's the quote this is from. (laughs) the, uh, um, this is the uh, report, uh, sex offender, deviant sex offender report number nine, committee on forensic psychiatry of the group of Advancement of Psychiatry, February of 1950. Here's the quote. In general, persons under the age of seven are legally not regarded as responsible, because remember, you can't marry when you're seven. It may be true that such person cannot enter into the contract, which is marriage, but many are by endowment and training fully capable of part or exceptionally even full responsibility for sexual behavior. Whoa. So they are responsible for their sexual behavior. So that now we're suggesting that. So Audrey, are first... you
0: telling me that the campaign to sexualize children on the left side of the aisle is not a new thing that's just been happening no, since no, no,
1: 2020? No, 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 no. no. And uh, this is the other quote that just is, is shocking. I mean, I can't make this up. They, thank goodness they left this in writing, just like Kinsey's science. You know, I heard uh, one um, news article, I think it was out of Washington or New York, I can't remember, but they were uh, really uh, lambasting um, Judith for being in the movie The Mine Polluters and they were they were said Kinsey's diaries they called it Kinsey's diaries that she had some claim that in Kinsey's diaries that he had pedophile pedophile data well anybody can go to a library in anywhere yep. in America and That's find right. his volumes of information wow where he, you know, he documents the the, um, raping of children, you know, as young as five months old. So, um, so anyway, here's the quote. This is from Ralph Slavanko. He's a leader and frequent writer in both the law and psychiatry. And he confirmed Kinsey's uh, sexual seducer from birth dogma. This was the Vanderbilt Law Review of 1962. Uh, And the article was uh, Psychosexuality and the Criminal Law. So here's what he said. The sometimes uh, extreme seductiveness of a young female is a factor which has no place in the law, but it certainly affects motivation. Even at the age of four or five, this seductiveness can maybe so powerful as to overwhelm the adult into committing the offense. The affair is therefore oh, not yeah. always the result of an adult's aggression. Often, the young female is the initiator and seducer. This is why <laughs> pedophiles get to walk on the streets. This is why they're therapeutically managed. Yep, is because yep. of this kind of junk science. Yeah, yeah. Well, used and, it, and it reveals a key American belief
0: law. of secular liberals today, which is that um, is, is misunderstanding who the victim is, and so yes. they don't ever view criminals um as the perpetrator because they believe that they're a victim of their society man and their culture which did them wrong and set them on this course in other words it's the obliteration of personal responsibility uh, a very, a very important factor in self-government <laughs> and yes. in justice. And so yes. that, that's not surprising at all. But, of course, this was the, one of the pivotal, if not foundational, premises that Alfred Kinsey operated off of, which was that children are sexual from birth and have sexual rights to sexual pleasure. And so yes. if that's the case, then you've obliterated any distinction between the child and the adult. And therefore, there is no reason, morally or legally, to treat a minor different than an 18, 19 or 20 year old. And that was always part of the goal, of course, was to titillate the masses and sexualize young people. Uh, And so you mentioned the American Law Review getting launched. Did you say in 1922 or
1: 1924?
0: 1923. 1923. So that that is shortly after that is shortly after um, Sanger returned from England. After fleeing for breaking the Comstock laws through her birth control campaigns and her sexually illicit materials that she was sending through the Postal Service. And the Comstock laws empowered the Postal Service to, you know, pull out that kind of content from the mail. And so she fled to avoid breaking that. So I have to think that whether she was friends with these people or not, they were operating in some of the very same and similar circles. Oh, yeah at the same time frame that she's breaking the very laws that the american law institute was founded to repeal
1: exactly and you know i was just looking um just reviewing my notes before this interview and um i know we were talking about the ties to germany and berlin where the sexual revolution really (laughs) took off way before Um, but in 1921 in the first international congress on sex reform which met in berlin Listen to the list of laws, uh, their platform, of what they wanted to do. And and think about American law and where we're at today. To repeal the laws of making sodomy a crime, repeal the legalization or legalize prostitution, legalize and promote anti-conception techniques, establish the sexual counseling centers to promote birth control and eugenic enlightenment, which is Planned Parenthood, Uh, The liberation of marriage and the expansion for the grounds of divorce, hello, no-fault divorce, Um, and repeal all restrictions on induced abortions, repeal the obscene laws, uh, because that's an impediment to getting sex ed or obscenity before the children, and finally, the systematic and scientific sexual education for both adults and young people.
0: Wow. 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 So
1: the plan's been in place For the a long time, time. Yeah. And as yeah. you said It went along slowly And now it is so sped up That parents are having whiplash Like whoa what happened Why is there this Pornographic um, right. Transgender uh, Curricula Why are these horrific books In my child's school yep. They've been there But they've been yep. creeping in slowly But now it is pouring in Yep. It.
0: yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, you just mentioned the the impact of a lot of this agenda to break down uh, societal mores and a Judeo-Christian worldview and ethic and laws um, impacting Nazi Germany. Um, and the ties between Nazi Germany and American socialist eugenicists and birth control advocates is incredibly dystopic and creepy and we'll dive into that another time, but I I discuss a lot of that in my tour for the White Rose Resistance. For example, Margaret Sanger published an article from Ernst Ernst Rudin in 1933, in her birth control review published, Eugenic Sterilization in Urgent Need, and Ernst Rudin was a close friend and advisor for Margaret Sanger. Ernst Rudin was at that very time serving as Hitler's director of genetic sterilization <laughs> and, had, and had taken a prominent role in the establishment of the Nazi Society for Racial Hygiene. Uh, and Hitler once proudly told his comrades how closely he had followed American eugenic legislation. Hitler told a comrade, he said, Now that we know the laws of heredity, it is possible to a large extent to prevent unhealthy and severely handicapped beings from coming into the world. I have studied with interest the laws of several American states concerning prevention of reproduction by people whose progeny would, in probability, be of no value or be injurious to the racial stock. And then, of course, Hitler was reading a book called The Passing of the Great Race in jail after his failed coup attempt in Munich. That book was written by a man named Madison Grant. Madison Grant was one of Sanger's allies and a close friend of the American Birth Control League. Madison Grant wrote in The Passing of the Great Race that we needed to uh, eliminate defective infants and sterilize adults who are of themselves no value to the community. And Madison Grant once put a black man in a cage with a monkey in the New York Bronx City Zoo to, quote, illustrate evolution, end quote. And Hitler wrote fan mail to Madison Grant calling the passing of the great race his Bible. So just to kind of round out what you're saying, the impact of a few evil men committed to a T for their agenda can have international results. Mm -hmm. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, and, what you know, you brought up, uh, and we both brought up Germany, which seems to come up a lot, and Hitler and Sanger and Kinsey. I mean, they were all uh, – Kinsey uh, corresponded with, I believe it was Fritz van Bulo, who was a Nazi in Germany that was raping, torturing, and murdering Jewish children, sent his data wow. to Kinsey. So he was one of – and that – you can go to um, – not wow. that anyone – really wants to study this, but there is on, if you go to YouTube, there's a documentary uh, by Yorkshire television. It's been banned in the U S but you can watch it um, so far on YouTube. It's called Kinsey's pedophiles. And in Mm -hmm. that they reveal all of uh, you know, what, um, where Kinsey got his data from. Uh, One was a pedophile in, uh, I believe he lived in Arizona, Rex King who had raped over 900 children uh, and then you have Fritz Van Buren. So yeah, I mean, this, the, they all live in the same satanic wow. circles. <laughs> yeah. You it's, you it's mentioned this
0: documentary Kinsey's Pedophiles last time. Yes. Um, but make sure that you send that link to me because I want to get yeah. it to our viewers and sure. listeners because because wow, you know, in one way it kind of makes you an accomplice to the crime after the fact. I wonder what you think about that that fact. You know, one might argue. You know, let's say let's say someone responds, Audrey, and they say, "Well, Kinsey wasn't doing any of the raping. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't doing any of of that. So, and there's no proof of that. And so he was just he was collecting data from people who did. Okay, um, and putting aside the fact that he was using that data, um, and and using it to establish that that was a co- that that was the common sexual preferences. Of American males, right? Which is obviously not the case. Uh, but, but putting right. that aside, of fact, the fact that he interviewed these people and the fact that he published these materials in right. in one way makes him an accomplice to the crime after the fact. Exactly. And and here's here's an example of this. There's hardly a there is hardly a piece of research um, available today about the nature of the experiments that Nazi doctors performed on Jewish victims and prisoners because of the nature of the crimes committed because of how heinous they were. And because obviously they didn't want it to give anyone any ideas, but the, but no, the Nazi doctors, uh, you know, and physicians in Germany, Audrey, they argued, well, we didn't kill the Jews. Their brains were just brought to us. And and so we just used dead people to try to benefit quote unquote science, but we didn't kill the people. And yet, the court at Nuremberg didn't accept that argument um, for moral impermissibility, rather for moral permissibility, rather. And I think the same thing could be said about Kinsey as well. But, but yeah, the fact that he was interviewing some of the most some of the most demonic, sexually criminal people as part of his sexual studies is is obviously telling about the kind of person that he is. Now, you mentioned something to me off the air uh, that I want you to build out as we wind down, Audrey, and that was about. Alfred Kinsey's obsession with Alistair Crowley. Um, can you build out some of that as well? To just w- tell us more about who this man was, Alfred Kinsey, because as anyone knows, as we start studying sex ed in America and sexual standards, um, one might say all roads lead to Kinsey. And so uh, understanding this man I think is very helpful for us and his impact on the culture of death and the abortion industry.
1: Uh, Yeah. And um, in my presentation that I do, I have a picture of Kinsey that is in Judith Reisman's book, Kinsey Crimes and Consequences. And it's a picture of Kinsey uh, with Kenneth Anger, who was a friend of Kinsey and Aleister Crowley. Now, Aleister Crowley was a well known Satanist uh, from England. Uh, And this picture is. Well, and Kenneth
0: Anger, wasn't he at one point the 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 lead, the, the the director of the Church of Satan?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, Kinsey, uh, I believe Kinsey did not—they knew each other, like Aleister Crowley and Kinsey knew each other, but they never met in person, um, and they admired each other greatly. So there's this picture of him— Uh, of Kinsey standing and Alistair Crawley had a temple, a satanic temple in Sicily Sicily, where he would rape, torture and murder babies to Satan. And there's a picture of Kinsey, a very dramatic picture of Kinsey and his shadow is upon the wall. And in the shadow is a portrait of Alistair Crawley. So uh, yeah. Um, And he, Alistair was known as uh, not only a Satanist, a drug addict, but he was also called the beast. Um, That's right. He, That's yes. right. I forgot so, about that. so um, yeah, and um, uh, you know, I, I, I talk about. Um, there's a wonderful book that was written that I, I was able to get a lot of research, and I, I, finally got to talk to the author. It was written in the 1970s, and it's called The Sequest Circle: A Humanist Revolution. And it was written in the 1970s, and it was written by pen name. Her her pen name was Claire Chambers. And hmm. it's a wonderful book because she the research. What's it called again? It's it's called the Seekus Circle. Uh, Meaning Humanist the Re-
0: acronym f- for Seekus.
1: Seekus. It's all about Seekus. It's who? Whoa. What organizations did it have its ties wow. to? Which included the American Medical Association. Um, it, the churches, uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, which was the first church to have a Christian sex Christian, wow. I'm putting, I'm highlighting, Christian sex ed was the very first one came out of the conservative Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Wow. Um, so it has all the organizations that were connected to SICUS, but she even talked about Claire in there, Chambers.
0: Wow. Claire Chambers. Any, any relation to Whitaker Chambers?
1: No, that's her pen no. name for safety, okay. Oh, okay. safety's sake. But <laughs> wow. she is she's ninety years old right now, and oh. I was so honored. I talked to her two weeks ago, and oh, she's wow. read my book, and um, I'm so honored. She said, "Audrey, I consider your book to be the Seeker's Circle two, because oh. you pick up where I dropped off. So, wow. um, but she, in her book, she revealed a lot of them." were um, also tied to the UN (laughs) because the UN has the temple of understanding and the one world order and uh, their publication is the Lucifer magazine. Now, (laughs) how much more demonic, you know, foundation do we have to get? How much more obvious? Well, Alistair
0: Crowley has, has been referred to as the the wickedest man in the world. Um, And that's probably an episode for another time about everything Is it Thelema Abbey? Did I say it correctly? Um,
1: Yeah, I think you did. I think you did.
0: I mean, wicked, wicked man. Uh, And so no surprise that Alfred Kinsey knew uh, Aleister Crowley and is hanging out with with. Uh, <laughs> with, a- yeah. with What's his name? Anger. Yeah the, yeah, the director of the Church of Satan. Um, yeah. And anyone Please. who studies Kinsey's life knows how he- satanic he was. Um, yeah. But once again, j- just to reiterate this point over and over and over again, yeah. uh, so many of these people are on the same team. And when you yes. refuse to stand yes. up against this stuff, you're not being neutral. You are, j- you are joining the enemy. And, and G.K. Chesterton has this powerful prof- prophetic line, um, Audrey, and he, G.K. Chesterton once said that uh, unless a man becomes the enemy of an evil, he will not even become its slave, but rather its champion. Mm. And what Chesterton is saying there is that there's no such thing as moral neutrality. The longer you remain silent against the forces of evil that seek to wipe out the image of God from the earth the sooner you will become an advocate of said evil. The longer you espouse resistance through verbiage, but never through action, the sooner you will become a tool used by that evil to accomplish their regime. This is, this is who the, um, uh, the communists called useful idiots, <laughs> right. And unfortunately, right. we have way too many useful idiots in the church and in right. America today who are right. now being used by the spirit of the age to accomplish his agenda. But this all goes back to demonic movements, yeah. ideologies, yeah. and people. So yeah. thank you for rounding that out.
1: Yeah. Can yeah. we go more yeah. positive now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. We've Why don't you finish <laughs> us? Why don't you finish us on a positive note? <laughs>
1: I, I want to say, praise God, he is waking up the remnant. And, you know, it doesn't take many. Uh, it takes a few. It takes a Gideon's army to turn uh, turn this nation around. And I'm watching that. I get a front row seat to see that. You do too. And uh, the parent groups and, uh, that are rising up. And I, I shared with you earlier today on our phone conversation that uh, a parent had listened to this podcast in uh, he lives in Colorado in a Christian conservative uh, community, and he had heard this podcast. It woke him up to the fact of because hmm. they're noticing this very pornographic. Pro LGBT uh, uh, curricula that's suddenly being brought into their school district, and um, he—it was so encouraging to hear him. You know, we're validating by giving them this information, by giving your audience this information. We are validating their Their concerns, and this is big. This is really—I mean, when I found out when I went to my first training with Judith Reisman and Colonel Ray and his wife Eunice, um, you know, thirty years ago. Um, I was overwhelmed because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a, you know, you're not just going up against sex ed in a Lutheran school. This is a principality that has the world. And who am I? I'm just a mom. You know, that's what I started out with. And I actually met a woman on the, the, uh, when I was on my speaking tour last month, I met a woman in Kentucky who heard me last year. She ran on that campaign of, I'm just a mom. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice. And
1: she is now a Kentucky state senator. Thank you very wow, much. Wow,
0: <laughs> amazing. That's So awesome. God,
1: is, God is opening doors. I am so proud of the parents that are running for school board, and they're yep. getting on these school boards. So we are taking back this nation. And, you know, yep. what does it say in Revelations? When God opens the door, no man can close. And yep. that's what's happening right now. So it doesn't take many. It takes a few. So for your listeners right. who think it's just me, uh, you know that's what right. what did um Knox say that a man with god is in the majority you know you're in the majority on this one yeah yeah yeah. so that's right. we serve a high and mighty god who yep. is doing amazing things in this country i just mm. got validation in 2019 god arranged for me to go to uganda spoke i was going to speak in a village that's all i knew i ended up speaking before parliament And it halted the U.N., the U.N., and Planned Parenthood International's plan to put sex ed in their country. And it halted the plan. And they just had to go over that issue again because, of course, they're not going to – the bad guys aren't backing off on this. They are pushing (laughs) harder than ever. And they just validated again. They just affirmed again no to sex education, no to the U.N., and no to Planned Parenthood International. So, well, you and know, just I, just let yeah. me
0: validate your validation, okay? Um, <laughs> um, let me amen your amen. Um, is so we know about SICA, Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, started by a Planned Parenthood medical director with seed money from Hugh Hefner, with a board member who defended um, incest, okay? Um, that creates our sex ed today and promulgates at international at international level. Um, Planned Parenthood and Secus have consultative statuses at the United Nations, yes. and they will use those uni- those those um, statuses to approach impoverished impoverished countries and promise aid with some strings attached. Um, and some of those strings is yeah. let us run your sex ed programs. Yes. church wake up what the heck who would do that to an impoverished poor country here's money except let us run your sex ed programs okay but then maybe they would say the apolitical liberal or the or the secular liberal moral revolutionary will say it's just because we care so much about them um that if they can just start using lots of birth control and be exposed to any and all sexual acts they'll be more informed people so, yes. therefore, they'll be more sexually responsible. That's the, that's the, like, justification, right? That's the way that they write it off as if it's just for, for the good. Um, yeah. But we know how they have used it um, and how it actually increases the abortion um, yes. rate and the killing of yes. children. And then here's one other example. When concerned parents started speaking out at school board meetings, right, because of pornographic sex ed in the schools, The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, who's still pissed off because he was denied a seat on the Supreme Court by the conservatives, came out and labeled me and others domestic terrorists. Yes. Yes. For doing what? For saying, hey, not only do I not want pornographic sex ed in my kids' schools, I don't want any sex ed. I'll do that, thank you very much. I'll speak to my kids. And he labeled us domestic terrorists because of the threat that we represent to their political goals. And sex ed becomes this real linchpin of the culture of death, doesn't it? Such that you have to label peaceable parents terrorists for saying, you pornographic perverts on the school board, get this out of here. And then I'll finish with this line and then you're going to close this out, Audrey. G.K. Chesterton once said, materialism is really our established church and the government will really help it to persecute its heretics. <laughs> That's you damn right. Yes, I am a domestic terrorist, and I'm happy to be called that if all that means is that I don't want porn in yes. fourth-grade classrooms <laughs> And I yes. tell you that you're a degenerate, disgusting pervert and that you should get it out of there. Fine. I'll accept the label of domestic terrorist or ultra-MAGA Republican or deplorables to Hillary Clinton because I know that I'm right over the target. If you're not taking arrows, you're not over the target. And I know that I am over the target of your sacrament and your centerpiece of your entire political ideology because I'm being attacked so so viciously and they are now tripling down on maintaining their political power doing things that are hurting them at the polls but they don't care because we're living in a post-political moment now where they're operating in a very tyrannical communist way because they know their ideas won't perform well at the polls and their politicians won't perform well at the polls joe biden has the lowest presidential approving rate approval rate of any president in american history and they're still pushing the very policies that got them those approval ratings because they're now all about securing and maintaining that grip they have on power while they still can. And these attacks that you are doing, Audrey, and that you're girding others up to do as well, is what makes them lose their freaking mind. And I'll mm-hmm. say this. Anything that makes the culture of death, the spirit of the age, and his adherents lose their mind like we're seeing right now means that we're doing exactly what we should be doing.
1: Yeah. Yep, exactly. Close
0: this out, Audrey. Ah. Uh.
1: Well, I always close out my presentations with uh, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called mm. by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God mm. is revealing much light to the darkness. And I think mm. over the next few months, for those of who have no idea what's been going on this is going to be a shocker um but praise god because when you expose the darkness to the light where does it go it has to flee and we are on the winning side of this uh and so i i'm excited these are exciting times like you said it's to be a bigger target on satan's you know blip i once Uh, You know, as a nurse, I worked in the STD HIV clinic and I had to test a man who was positive and he worshipped at the, because we have to ask, what's your religious support? And he said, the name of this church. I said, I'm sorry, what religion is that? And it was the demonic uh, satanic temple. And uh, so at the end, I said to him, I said, you know, I'll be praying for you. And he said, well, I'll be praying for you too. And I went, wait a minute, he's going to be praying to Satan. (laughs) but I'm praying to almighty God. And I went, wait a minute. He defeated him at the cross. I'm good. I'm good. And so, you know, we have to have that courage to take that step forward. And I have been praying against the demonic, um, uh, uh, you know, the demonic entities of Baal and Jezebel, which Mm. is lust that has been thrust upon America over the last hundred years, especially Yeah, Leviathan, which has twisted the communication, so it's hard to yep. get these messages out there, and witchcraft, which has grown. Uh, you know, now we have the, the the satanic church arguing to keep abortion legal because it's part of their rituals. Just, you well, they know,
0: literally said it's, it's a yes. sacramental ritual. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So and I'm, I and want- I'm like—
0: uh, I've been trying <laughs> yeah. to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Good for you. I, I know this is hard to hear this information, but it's so important. And, and, and refer, revival starts with me in my circle. What yep. am I doing Lord that is dishonoring to you? And trust me, I mean, for me, mm. I, I, when I'm doing this Good. research and finding all this stuff in my forties, I was 40 years old. I realized the whole birth control movement and I went, whoa. I need to step back from that. Am I open if God blesses me again? And at 43 years old, I had our fourth child, who is now 18, and um, he is such a blessing. I just love his heart for the Lord. And Mm -hmm. had I not been open, had my eyes not been open, this child would not be here, you know, because who's the life giver? So anyway, we've got to reevaluate Christian. I am calling out two Christians. We have to reevaluate our beliefs and who are, who's are who been feeding us this information. And I yep. always say, go back to God's word and God's word alone. Not Kinsey and God's word, but God's word and God's word alone. Yep. So
0: yep. That's, that's my right.
1: word of wisdom at the end. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs> yeah, that, Yeah, let's, let's close out with that. It reminds me of something Bonhoeffer said, uh, Audrey. Um, the man murdered by the Nazis for getting political for God's purposes. And he said, do and dare what is right. Not swayed by the whim of the moment. Bravely take hold of the real. Not dallying now with what might be. Not in the flight of ideas, but only in action is freedom. Make up your mind and come out into the tempest of the living. God's command is enough and your faith in him to sustain you. Then at last, freedom will welcome your spirit amid great rejoicing. Only in action is freedom. And you guys have been empowered to take action by Audrey today. Thank you, Audrey, for joining the show. We'll see you soon. You're welcome.
1: All right. Take care. God bless. Thank you guys for
0: tuning in today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Check out Audrey Werner's ministry, Matthew 18, and her book as well. We'll put all the links to that in the show, including the link to the documentary Kinsey's Pedophiles, so you can learn more about this demonic, wicked man and expose the creeds and agenda of the secular moral revolution to your friends, family members, and coworkers. If you want to support me in building the White Rose Resistance against our silent but far more deadly Holocaust of abortion, go to thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. And to book me for an event or see my calendar and see me speak live and local, go to sethgruber.com. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.